Hey everyone, it is Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival. Welcome to podcast episode number 196. Now, we don't often do a lot of self-defense-related podcasts, but I can tell you that this one has a ton of value in it for anyone out there, whether you're currently taking any kind of martial art or combative system, or even if you couldn't care less about ever learning how to throw a single strike. Because no matter what your current belief is about how unarmed combat fits into your self-protection program, it is a factor. And yet, like so many other tactical skills, sometimes it's the myths, misperceptions, and mistakes that people make that they fall prey to that can do more damage than expected when it comes to defending yourself in a real attack. That is what this week's episode is all about. And I have the perfect person to bust through the five worst self-defense myths out there and show us a better way. All that's coming right up. But before we jump in, just a couple of quick things. One... Sometimes with long-distance interviews, there are some audio problems, and you'll find a few small ones in this interview. Sorry, sometimes we're limited to technology when it comes to these broadcasts, and please just focus on the quality of the information itself, and don't leave any hate mail because of a couple of hiccups. And lastly, as usual, don't worry about taking notes because we've done all the heavy lifting for you with our free show notes, including a handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet covering all the most important highlights for you to dig into and refer back to. All you have to do is go to www.mcsmagazine.com slash 196 and download it all for free. And now, on with the show. bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, would you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. If you've been following our podcast episodes lately, you'll notice that I've had a recent passion for tapping into various experts' personal experience and observations about the biggest mistakes that most people are making when it comes to preparing for all kinds of attacks or crises. And whether it's firearms training, survival strategies, or whatever, I firmly believe that developing bad habits based on bad information is a recipe for disaster, possibly even death, when you go to actually use these skills under the duress of a real attack or survival scenario. And probably more than any other tactical topic out there, in my opinion, this is never more true than when it comes to preparing to defend yourself without a weapon. It's no secret that there are what seems like thousands of different martial arts and combative systems available, from online training programs all the way down to the karate dojo at the local strip mall in your town. So with all these choices and all these so-called self-defense experts, how do you know what will work and what could get you killed when it's just you and your hands up against a 350-pound street thug in a dark parking lot? Well, a great place to start, of course, is with a solid top five list of the worst mistakes most people fall for in the self-defense world. And that's coming right up. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And here to talk about the realities of life and death close quarters fighting is someone who is well known to pull no punches, yes, pun intended, when it comes to calling BS on what doesn't work in the self-defense world, Damian Ross. Damian, welcome back to the program, man. 
Hey, Jeff. Uh, long time. Uh, too long. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, but I think this is like the 397th time we've had you in some way, shape, or form. We've you've been with us for a number of years, and I always love getting you on uh, these broadcasts because, yeah. well, for this reason alone. I mean, it's really because I love your insights into scraping away all the stuff that doesn't work out there. And I know you're you're very vocal about this, so I thought this was a perfect topic for you. Uh, so listen, everybody, um, if you're not aware, if you haven't listened to our, our podcast before with Damien or whatever, he's the founder of the Self-Defense Company, a world leader in tactical self-defense training. And together with a global network of his instructors, the Self-Defense Company's combatives training programs have been helping law enforcement, military, and citizens stay safe since 1998. Now, Damien's background training runs the spectrum from collegiate wrestling to traditional martial arts, as well as expertise in armed and unarmed close quarters street combatants. They hold a number of high martial arts ranks and train directly under the late great combatives expert Carl Sestari. Now to learn more about Damien and his training programs, make sure that you visit him online at www.myselfdefensetraining.com. All right, Damien, so this, this is my challenge to you because, uh, and I didn't want to guide you in any way, shape, or form, so what I think the top mistakes are, because I love your insights when it comes to what really works when it comes to self-defense training for the realities of a street fight. So what I wanted to do was I, I basically just threw out the challenge to you, like I've done here recently, is which, look, when you're out there, you're training with people or you see what's online or whatever, and I know we're not going to, we're not going to trash any specific names, but there is a lot of BS out there. There is a lot of training that could literally get somebody killed if they try and do some of this stuff. So I asked you for your top five list of what you thought the biggest mistakes were. So we have to start with number one. So in your opinion, what is uh, one mistake, one big mistake that you see out there when it comes to self-defense training? And what's the fix for it as well? Well, it shouldn't take years to learn self-defense. You know, self-defense is an instinct, not an art. You know, every creature on the planet has the instinct to protect itself from an elephant to amoeba. You know, the problem is we've been civilized and sanitized to be taught that violence never solves anything, which may be true, but it sure as heck stops a lot of stuff. You know, when it comes down to protecting yourself, it's simple and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a basic plan of, it's a basic plan of action. You know, on top of it, You've got this myth that's been perpetuated by the martial arts industry whose business depends on our training longer and more often. I mean, it's in their best interest to keep you training longer. And this is why, you know, combat sports and cultural fighting arts get confused with self-defense. But the fact remains, every year, millions of people defend themselves against real criminals without any training at all. I mean, the difference is, and the solution is, they have to make a decision to fight back. And when you do that, you just need a simple plan of action. Yeah, makes makes total sense. Um, and we often talk about how important just that mindset is. And like you're saying, I guess, you know, it's really the mindset that's perpetuated out there is, is kind of one of the things that we're talking about, right? It's like um, this mindset of you need to train, what is it, like, you know, a thousand repetitions for it to be mastered or you got to go to like it takes three to five years to become a black belt. But you can get you can get attacked tomorrow night in a dark parking lot. So, you know, you have to rely you, – you, it doesn't take um, years, like you say, and, uh, you know, your, your DVDs are, are real good examples to give shameless plug out here for you. But uh, but they're really good well, examples well, of how well, – if, go ahead. If, no, if we – well, first, everything now is online, all of our training. So uh, the DVD, you know, we're kind of – we've moved away from that just to jump in yeah. 
talk about this real quick. Cause what we do is we provide 24 seven coaching and support. So it's an interactive training platform when we come to this stuff, because, you know, we are running into it. The DVDs is that, you know, you just kind of, you just kind of send them out. And you really don't get a lot of feedback. So now everything is on demand. We add content to what we do and we're, we're involved with the people that are training, but getting back to your original point, you know, I mean, we're confusing, um, a, a fighting art with a, an instinct and an instinct is just a will to survive. That's it. It's more will than skill. We've got people that, you know, are, are conditioned to believe that you need to be some, you know, UFC, you know, maniac to do this. But then, you know, what's the option for, you know, someone who's like in their forties and out of shape or 50 or later, you know, I mean, it's not really, you know, we're not looking at a sport which is pitting two people who are trained in a particular discipline designed with a set of rules against another like, you know, like competitor. And again, it's not designed. It's not like the guys in the, in the corner are going to jump over the, jump over the fence and start stabbing you when you're fighting. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a competitive sport. You know, yes, you can't defend yourself using, a combat sport. I mean, I, I'm living proof of that. I mean, without a doubt, but there are more efficient means of doing it. And, you know, we're taught with martial arts to, um, you know, defeat our enemy, defeat your enemy, defeat your enemy. Yeah, but, you know, for the most part, most people just want to get away from them. And most people are, you know, going to, um, you know, once you resist, I mean, the reason why you're getting picked or targeted is because, Whoever your attacker is thinks he can get what he wants from you with little or no resistance. So once you start fighting back, that changes the risk reward and, you know, it starts to reevaluate it. Maybe you're just not worth it because again, the three things every criminal fears is being caught, being identified or being injured or worse. So the longer the contact, the longer their exposure, the less likely they're there to continue the assault. I mean, if they wanted to have a fight and they wanted to be challenged, they would join a gym and start taking classes and get in the ring, but they don't. They, they want to get something from you and they want to take it from you. And just the simple act to decide to fight back again, millions of people all over the globe do this every day. Yeah. And just that decision to fight back gives you an, gives you that advantage to survive. And when you actually know what you're doing a little bit and you have a plan, you're walking into a situation you first, you know, you see it, you can, you're aware of it, you can avoid it, you can escape, you can evade it. And then, you know, you think of your training as you're driving down the highway. In the beginning, it's awareness, it's avoidance, it's escape, it's evasion. And then as you're going down, it's control, it's dominate. You know, as you continue to go deeper, you know, that requires more training, uh, more, more physical attributes. I mean, what people tend to forget too is that and, you know, we'll get into this later, you know, but is that our, you know, we are constantly changing. We are not the person we were yesterday, last year, last week, either for better or for worse. So we need to constantly adapt our current skill set, physical skill set to the ever growing or constant need of self-defense. And, you know, it's just, you know, you got to look at what's out there. I mean, it's just not realistic. Okay. We're not always in our prime. Right. And, you know, that's where. You know, you have to start looking at self-defense as an education more than a physical endeavor. Yeah, and I think your uh, your point about this being a, a, a real myth that's out there about it takes years is what holds people back 
from doing anything because most people don't have years or don't even don't even have the interest for it. Like you know, they don't want to go down and have these classes. And I think a really good example of why it doesn't take that we've um we've shown people before your scenario based training that you've you've got like here are the most uh most likely ways you're going to get attacked and then here are like responses real world responses of how simple it can be to defend yourself and we'll put a link to that as well so that everybody can see what we're talking about i'll put a link to that down in the show notes uh for when we when we release this as well um, okay, so so n- number one is it takes number one myth, the myth that you put out there is it can take uh, it, it, the myth that it'll take takes years. I I can talk really that it takes years to be able to defend yourself. But okay, uh, Damien, what is is number two on your top five list for the worst mistakes that people make when preparing to defend against a real street attack? I mean, training to wait. Uh, this happens in every self defense class on the planet whether it's a dojo, whether it, and I think this is like a a hidden killer, if you will. I mean, typically when you're training in self-defense and what people do is they line up when you start, you stand in front of your partner and you wait to be attacked. They attack you with a specific defense and you give a specific counter to that attack. Well, in reality, you know, first, just the mere fact that you're standing there in front of somebody who you think is a potential attacker and you're letting them basically get the first punch and put their hands on you, um, right there against a good, you know, someone who's seasoned and let's just say what it is, a good street fighter, one shot is all they're going to need. One leads to two, two leads to three. You know, we've got this notion that we're going to be able to block and counter or he's going to grab us in a specific way and we're going to counter, you know, in the ring or in the dojo, you know, these sometimes appear to work. You know, in the ring, it's simple. You know, you can still gauge your distance. You know, we're sparring, we're doing MMA or whatever. I mean, I know there's only X number of techniques you're going to throw at me. And the block is going to be more of a shifting my weight and parry. I mean, we've already entered into a consensual fight. And that's what you're training in these consensual fights. When you're doing self-defense, I know that he's going to grab me in a specific way and I'm expecting a finite number of techniques, even if it's in the hundreds, you know, your training partner is going to tip his hand. You're set up to win. He's going to let you win. He's not trying to take something from you. So in the dojo, when you're doing these things, they appear to work, but now take it outside of the realm of training and competition. When you're going to your car, when you're, you know, coming into your apartment, and, you know, you're confronted with somebody and you're not sure you're in that gray area. If they're going to make a move, you don't know if they're, if they're lost or if they want something from you or if you're trying to help you with your groceries. And then when they make a move, you have what we call an oh shit moment. And even when I was working bodyguarding and security and doing all the other crazy crap and I knew there was probably going to be a problem. And the guys, anyone who's, you know, in law enforcement or military tell you the same thing, right? You know, you're out there like, oh my God, he's going for it. Even when you're ready trained and geared up, you still have that oh shit moment where it's oh shit, he's going for it. So you take a split second to realize what's happening and then you got to mobilize. And in that time, you will not be able to figure out what type of attack is coming, if it's a punch, if it's a stab, if it's a grab, you know, and then you got to figure out which counter to use. Oh, I grabbed my wrist. I used counter one A. No, he grabbed my shoulder. I used counter one B. You know, in reality, those grabs or those initial technique is just the beginning of the assault. The real assault follows that up. And what does the damage? 
that first grab punch kick is going to be followed by a barrage of them. So what you need to do is focus on non-specific self-defense or non-specific defenses targeted at general areas based on simple motor skills, you know, that work on a specific position and distance. I mean, if it's more complicated than swinging a bat or kicking a ball, chances are you're not going to be able to do it. So if I know my my target is sitting there, whether he grabs my wrist or grabs my shoulder, I'm just going to blast him. I'm just going to blast him. I'm not going to wait to see what he grabs on me. As soon as he, you know, we set our distance in, in the self-defense training system. We set our distance. A perfect case scenario, best case scenario, is far enough away where if he has to grab us or touch us, he's got to shift his weight. So now, as soon as I see that shift in weight, I can react. And that reaction, if he's, and if he's trying to close the distance on me, I know I got to do something. I either got to move or I got to attack. Once you draw that line in the sand, that's it. If you let him in any closer, you know you're you're not going to be able to react in time. I don't care how many stripes you got on your black belt. If you're standing next to me and you want to punch me in the face, uh, you're going to have a good shot at doing it, <laughs> right? So, you know, I know we, you know, martial arts. We like to think we are, you know ever present and ever, you know, and constantly in the moment. But the reality is this, you know, when you're going about your daily life, you know, you're not, you know, you're not constantly on edge. I mean, if you are, you're insane. I'm telling you that right now. It's not a realistic way to live, right? You're probably going to have an ulcer by the time you're 35. So, you know, what you, you know, what you're going to do is give yourself, you know, is interact with your environment in a way that allows you enough reaction time and then don't get sucked into, you know, someone trying to set you up and close the distance on you. Because in order for anyone to impose their will on you, they have to get next to you. You know, if they're across the parking lot, you know, they can do whatever they want you. Right? <laughs> you know, they can yell, they can kick, they can scream, it doesn't matter. Okay? In order for you to impose your will to me, you have to be next to me. And once you learn how to manage that distance and when once you learn how to respond with those nonspecific defenses – you know, I mean, we're targeting like general areas, like above the neck and, you know, moving. And then, you know, it's not, you know, things become very simplified when you they break everything down to position and distance. Man, this is so timely that you're talking about this. I just got back from a, uh, a firearms course. Um, the person who gave us the course doesn't want to didn't doesn't want me to, to mention who they are, but uh uh, one of the things that he brought out, which would seem so innocuous to most people, is that whether whether it's firearms training or self-defense training, whatever it is, is that we do ingrain these bad habits. All the same. Whether it's it's all the same, and even if that's as, as simple as like in this case, like a wrist grab. If in the dojo, okay, we're practicing wrist grabs, so you <laughs> let them grab your wrist because you're gonna you're gonna do this technique, right? So you right. let them grab your wrist. And, and you do that over and over and over again so that you and your, your training partner can get used to defending against a wrist grab. But what it does is it ingrains these pathways where if you're somewhere and somebody reaches out, your, your brain is used to somebody, you're like, you let them grab your wrist. In real life, you don't even, don't even let them grab right. it. Don't let them do it. Let, exactly. let them have to get to your Perfect. wrist in order to train. So, we ingrain these bad habits. It's just, it's just really timely that you bring that up. So I, I love that insight. Um, okay. We've been talking with Damian Ross of myselfdefensetraining.com about his top five mistakes most people are making in preparing for a real attack. And we've only just hit the first two. And 
if my math is correct, which it usually sucks really bad, it means we have three left, and those are coming right up. But first, check out this special message. Imagine staring up at a six foot nine, three hundred fifty pound biker dude, rage in his eyes, ready to cram a beer bottle down your throat as payback for bumping into him. Would you know exactly what to do? Without cowering in fear, without begging for mercy, without getting stomped to the floor and beaten while your family watches in horror? You will now with this simple three-step plan. One, don't take your family to biker bars. That's really kind of stupid, isn't it? Two, harden your mind with bulletproof warrior confidence. And three, master your own secret bag of shockingly powerful fight tricks. Waiting for you and your free DVD you can claim now at DefeatLargerAttackers.com. In a real fight, you don't have the option of losing. Not when your life or the safety of your family hiding behind you is on the line. You need to know exactly what to do in those first few seconds of an attack and end it quickly and walk away with your life, your loved ones, and your pride intact. In this free DVD, you'll discover the street fighting secrets for how to knock a bigger, stronger man head first into the pavement with brutal, unstoppable power and speed regardless of your size, strength, or even if you've never been in a fight before in your life. Claim your free DVD now while this offer is still available at www.defeatlargerattackers.com and unleash your true potential to kick ass. And now, back to the show. Okay, we're back with Damian Ross of MySelfDefenseTraining.com with his top five list of the worst mistakes people make when preparing to face a real attacker. Now, we just finished up the first two pet peeves that Damian has, so let's jump back in to continue our bitching and complaining session. Uh, okay, Damian, so we've gone over your first two of your top five lists for mistakes that people are making and preparing for a real attack. So. This is with number three. So what is your third biggest pet peeve that you have when it comes to preparing for a real attack? The twos. I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too busy. I'm too small. You know, self-defense is, you know, it's funny because when people are like, well, I'm going to get in shape and do this, or I'm injured and I'm going to start this. And I'm, my, my response is like, well, are you, you think you're going to get attacked when you look like you're in shape and you're walking around with a lot of confidence, or do you think you're going to get attacked when you're hobbling around on crutches or using a cane? I mean, the reality is we all know the answer to that. Uh, but the problem is, you know, people, again, get back to that perception of self-defense is some type of martial art. Yes, there's a physical component to it, but there's a lot of tactical to it as well, you know, how you manage your yourself in, in your environment. Other ways you can arm yourself and protect yourself. You know, I mean, we, we concentrate on empty hand techniques, but we teach a variety of close quarters weapons, everything from pepper spray to black jots and brass knuckles. I mean, it is, we use everything you can and we get into weapon retention as well. So, you know, you know, it's what you have in your toolbox. And now is the time, you know, you need to, um, you know, prepare and adjust and adapt. It's always about adaptation. I mean, in our, in, in my opinion, self-defense is always smaller, weaker, unarmed versus larger, larger, stronger, multiple attackers in arms. That's it. You know, what works for a smaller person, be you male or female, will work for a larger person. The reality is the bigger, stronger, faster person can make bigger mistakes than the smaller person can. So, you know, like I said, you know, chances are you're going to be attacked when you're most vulnerable. 
Okay, so your appearance, your body language says it all. And now's the time you need to figure out how to protect yourself. You know, you're looking at, uh, you know, self-defense is about adaptation. Like I, I mentioned this before, you know, you need to, uh, constantly adapt your current physical skills to the ever-growing need of self-defense. Uh, the problem again is we get martial arts and combat sports that, you know, you know, have a, a lot of athleticism and physicality attached to them. And you know what? You're not them. I'm not them. You know, we're trying to live in a world where people, if, you know, there's predators out there and the chance we come across one, you know, one, we want to make them, you know, pick somebody else. I mean, the analogy I like to use is, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the two buddies with the, um, uh, the bear in the woods and they're walking along and the one buddy sees, they see the bear and the one buddy starts putting on the, putting on his running shoes and he, his friend looks at him and he's like, you're never going to outrun that bear. And he's like, oh, no, I just have to outrun you. You know, self-defense is the bear, right? So what you're doing when you start preparing, you're increasing your awareness, you're, you're getting better body language, you're making some eye contact, you're interacting with a world that says, hey, you know what? In a split second, maybe I just pick the next person. You know, that's it. You know, it just, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a predatory decision that's made by your, by your potential, by your threat to just to go on to the next person. Because believe me, we all know not everybody's doing this stuff. If everybody's doing this stuff, you know, we'd be more like Bill Gates, right? So, so it's not like, you know, there's only a small percentage of people relative to the general population that are going to prepare. And anything you do, anything you do is going to go a long way. I mean, remember, you know, this isn't a title fight. You know, you were targeted because he thinks he's going to get what he wants from you. Once you resist, the game changes. His risk might not be worth the reward. So as you get injured, you know, continue your education. Continue adapting. If you can't do that, then what you're training in is not self-defense. It's a combat sport. It's something else. So you need something that you can do even when you're at your worst. Yeah. Oh, really good points. Really good points. Okay, that brings us to uh, number four in our top five list. So what is the fourth thing that you think is a big mistake that people are making out there in preparing for self-defense against a real attack? Uh, pulling your punches in training. Um, I think this is one of the worst things you can do, you know, and you do it in when you're training with a partner. And this is why when it comes to self-defense, we're not talking about martial arts or combat sports, you know, where uh, training with a partner is essential. I'm talking about self-defense. I view self-defense training like firearms training, right? I use live rounds. I hit my target at position and distance. I'm moving. I'm drawing. I'm closing. I am doing all the things that, you know, I would normally do. And I really don't give a shit what my target does. All I care about is where my target, my, my position relative to my target and how far it is from me. That's it. You know, when you're training in order to build real confidence and develop, you know, and develop power, you need to go 100%, whether it's empty hand technique or using a cane or using a knife, you know, pretending to stab, hit and bludgeon will cause you to pretend in the street. I mean, from years of sparring and, you know, when I was doing karate, it was, you know, pulling your punches on your partner when you're sparring, you know, creates really bad habits in the street. I've seen guys, 
you know, hit. And I remember, God, you know, when I was, when I was in my twenties, I remember, you know, being in a situation where I was hitting somebody literally at zero effect on them. And then I realized I was just, you know, doing what I was doing in class. I was hitting them, but I wasn't driving. I wasn't, you know, fully committed to it. And, you know, I, I wasn't getting, uh, the desired effect I thought I was going to get. And that's a rude awakening. You know, so, you know, I changed my training to start back then when I was doing, when I was doing karate, I just started hitting the Makawara like crazy. You know, then it kind of came difficult to control what I was doing, which was fine. I didn't care. I really cared about, you know, having that power and then, and having that, you know, um, having that effect on my target. I mean, now in our, in the self-defense training system, which is our program, our main program, we call, we give this a fancy name called combat conditioning. And really what it means is you're training with 100%, you know, effort in your t- technique. Now, along with developing power and speed, it develops attitude. So you know when you flip the switch, and I think the, the hardest thing for regular people to do, not, you know, fighters, not soldiers, not cops, you know, or, you know, it's to flip the switch, to go. You know, and you you need to create that go no go condition, and then when you decide to go, you need to go foot to the floor, and that's where you know training and hitting and stabbing. You know, I get a kick out of people who do knife systems, and all they do is dance with a knife. Might stab something, like as soon as you like stab something, you automatically understand how to hold the knife, what knife is good, what knife is crap. You know, when you hit something, and then when I first started training with a blackjack. You know, I started, you know, I, I got on the bob dummy and I started hitting the thing and I realized, holy shit, this thing could come back and hit me in the head, which it almost did. Well, no, it did kind of drop me a little silly. And I always figured, you know, somebody coming in and finding, you know, me on the ground with the blackjack next to me and the dummy with a smile on his face. You know? <laughs> so, so. <laughs> but it, 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 it corrects a lot of things. And you're really going to find out that there's really only, you know, a couple ways you're going to stab. There's really only a couple knives you're going to really want to hold. There's only a couple ways you're going to really need to use this, a club or a stick or a cane. You know, when you're sitting there flipping it and spinning it around, yeah, that looks cool. But, you know, you ain't, you ain't causing any damage. You know, you're also going to find out that you're going to have a little, want to have a little weight behind this stuff. So it makes stuff real. And the upside it from a, from a, uh, a training standpoint is that when you train like this and you actually hit, you know, you can't do, you know, you, you know, it, it, uh, it limits the amount you can do because your body gets tired and your hands get sore and you're conditioning yourself to actually hit something. So, you know, while it may take a lot of effort you know, a lot more effort, it actually limits, it, it cuts down your time in training a lot. So, you know, if I, you know, like I say, if I put you in a room and I just said, punch this thing, you know, as much as you can every day and then come back every day and do it again and do it again. By the end of it, I'm going to tell you by the end of a couple of weeks, you're going to have a hell of a punch. And if anyone gets near you and you decided to, to tee off on them, well, you know, you're going to, you're going to see some results. So, you know, it, you know, stay away from, you know, uh, you know, pulling your punches, practice and control, you know, not like, because, you know, in the real world, you're going to miss, you know, you're going to hit, you know, and you want it, when you hit something, you want it to stay hit, you need a reaction out of it. So then you can do another technique and another technique and, and build on that. 
And then again, you know, as you know, I said, I'm like trying to get away from, you know, having to knock someone out. We just want an effect, right? If they flinch, if they move, you know, then maybe you escape or maybe you keep going forward. It depends on you, but yeah, you know, practice full bore, full go. Awesome. Yeah, I know you, I know, uh, people out there can't see me or, or hear me, but, uh, I'm nodding my head like as hard as I possibly can. All really good information. I just, uh, it's, it's, it's so on, it's so on point. All right. All right. So here's what I have so far. I'm taking notes here. Um, that's number one in the top five is that, uh, that it takes years of training to defend yourself. It does not. Uh, number two is, uh, the second second mistake is training to wait. In other words, developing bad habits in your training because you're just kind of going through the motions for the purposes of having a training partner and stuff. And that's that's going to set you up for that might be the way that you act react when you're actually attacked. Uh, myth number three or mistake number three is thinking that you're it's all the twos. I'm too fat. I'm too short. I'm too old. I'm too small. And so why take any kind of training training anyway? And those are the reasons why you will be attacked. And so you damn well better be ready to, to react to those. And then number four is pulling your punches when you're training. All right, Damien. So what is number five on your top five list for the worst mistakes that people make in preparing for a real street fight? Uh, you know, your audience is going to love this one. Uh, you know, a gun is all you need for self-defense. And first, there seems to be, you know, people think that because what I do, I'm not an advocate of firearms, which is ridiculous. Um, as you, you know, as I said on my bio, I was a, um, I had a concealed carry permit in the Republic of New Jersey when I was a bodyguard. Um, and it wasn't, it's not exactly an easy thing to get. Uh, you know, you have to show need that your life is in danger. I had to go before a judge, qualify the whole bit. So, you know, a firearm is just another tool in your tool, toolbox. I mean, I, you know, there seems to be some ridiculousness that, well, self-defense guys are against guns. I mean, to me, it's all the same thing. Um, it's just another tool. But the fact of the matter is, you know, over 70% of violent crime in America is committed without a firearm. And even if you're in a situation where a gun is warranted, if it's a reactive situation, you're going to need to create space, draw your weapon, fire, and hit your target. And, uh, yeah, you know, there aren't any guarantees he's going down. I mean, you still may need to fight. So, you know, this is why you should supplement your training with other means and systems. You know, when we're in emergency services, we have, you know, redundancy. We've got backups to backups. You know, never put your eggs in one basket. Never depend on one thing, you know, that was made by the lowest bidder uh, to save you. I mean, this is, you know, you know people think that, you know, it's funny. And, and grown grown-ups – you know, I have fun with people on, you know, Facebook and social media and, you know, I get a good time when all the guys will say, oh, I'll do is shoot them. Really? You know, you know, somebody, you know, somebody that's a potential threat, you're going to pull out your firearm and shoot them. You're not going to have a conversation first. You think all threats start at, you know, seven yards away. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, but grown men talking about, you know, shooting another human being over the slightest infraction, I'm like, you know, it's like, well, then I don't let anybody get near me. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, you don't go to a concert or a movie or, you know, I'm like, it's, it's nuts. So, you know, the problem is people look at this and it's just like, you know, get, to me, it's, it's like the diet pill of self-defense. You know, I'm going to get this and all my problems are going to be solved. You know, look, it, you know, firearms work. I mean, there's no doubt about it. If, if they didn't, I think, you know, we still be hitting each other with rocks and sticks, but, there are times you need a rock and a stick 
or, you know, something else, a coffee cup and a, uh, you know, a pen to, you know, to use. I mean, what we, you know, what we say is, you know, in self-defense, you do what is, what gives you the tactical advantage at the time. So whatever it may be. And again, wherever, you know, wherever you are with firearms, I mean, yes, you know, when in doubt, if I, if I had, you know, if it's a perfect world and I had the justification and the time, yeah, I, why, why get my hands dirty? I mean, heck, you know, I still, I carry pepper spray. People are like, why are you carry pepper spray? I'm like, cause I know better. Cause if somebody comes up to me, I'm just going to juice them and go about my business. I'm not going to sit there and roll around with them unless I have to. So, you know, you know, you know, give yourself a chance, be realistic about your training and include a wide variety of backup systems, not even a wide variety. I mean, you know, you know, understand that, okay, you know, maybe, you know, I got to practice a little with an edge weapon, a little impact weapon, you know, edge weapon, impact weapon, an empty hand, some basic stuff, understanding the, the tactics and principles, and then you can turn it, most anything that you can grab into one of those things. So, you know, you said firearms are great, you know, big fan, but again, you know, it's not, you know, the be all end all when you're living in a world where you most likely will be without your firearm or not have time to draw it. If you're one of the 3 million concealed carry, you know, permit holders in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. A resounding amen to that. So uh, lots of nodding. And my workout for today was nodding to, uh, to I, I love all your tips, man. It's awesome. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, getting your, I love, I love getting insight from people like, like you and, and just seeing what other perspectives are out there. Cause I mean, definitely bring up things that you know, I haven't thought of, or um, we've not had on here before. And I, and I love giving our audience a new per, new perspective on that. So listen, everyone, uh, definitely go check out more of Damien's training. You can go, uh, where the, if you're listening to the podcast actually on our website right now, then you can go ahead and there'll be some links down in the show notes there. Also, you can get our cheat sheet and everything from a page on our, on our blog. We're going to have all that stuff ready for you as well, but you can go over to his website, go over to www.myselfdefensetraining.com. Check it out. It really, it's, it's real world stuff there. And that's what I love about Damien's training. I'm a big fan. So go check it out now. And until our next modern combat and survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.